podcasting. Meant for podcasting, just like me and you, my friend. We're going second week in a row with the Zencaster intro. We'll get a real one soon, but uh, it kind of gets me hyped, I'm not going to lie. It's either that or the dramatic. We'll say this when you uh, <laughs> when we go over some of your predictions this week. We'll play this music because they're no, pretty pretty tragic, right? That's the sound of if my prediction actually goes right and Liverpool win. That's what we fucking have to listen to and just yeah, they had a good year, I guess. Fucking got it back together, you know. Still on that, huh? Still on that. Liverpool's winning. <laughs> Haven't pretty wavered. Sad. Haven't wavered at all, huh? Uh, should I, should I be worried? Nine points in six matches. <laughs> you should be very worried. Um, cause they haven't looked good, but eh, they'll, they'll, no. they'll bounce back. But anyway, Liverpool didn't play this weekend. Why the hell are we talking about Liverpool? Fuck em. Week number eight, week number eight in the books. What's going on? Did you watch all the fixtures? Did you skip a few? How'd it go for you this weekend? Yeah, I, I got bored with Everton West Ham. Um, I was I was a fan of um the Arsenal domination. I think that's pretty <laughs> pretty safe to say. It was. Uh, were you uh, were you a fan of that? Because uh, I have some evidence that might say that you weren't a fan of it. And uh, let me play let me play that right now. Okay, uh, let me do an experiment here because I'm testing a new microphone. So I want to put this on mute and see if you can hear this. Okay. Okay. Thought it'd be good. <laughs> can you hear that? That music when I press yeah, mute. I can hear that. Just wanted to yeah. check. Just wanted to check. Now let me play this, okay? Because right. uh, I think you might like this a little bit more. But uh, I have some evidence. Where I don't think you were happy with that Brentford. Let's uh, let's listen to it. This, this is the, this is. I actually am watching this game because I have a three three draw. <laughs> <laughs> what? I. Yeah, I think Brentford are ready to roll. Yeah. I, I think the Ivan Tony call-up has got them fired up. That manager feels uh-huh. like a weekend <laughs> off, and uh-huh. they're, they're ready to go. Uh-huh. I think Brentford are really going to be up for this. Um, I think the- – Did yeah. you think I was going to forget about that, my friend? Did you think I would forget about that? How dare you come and act like you called the 3-0 Arsenal? How dare you? Take a seat. No. <laughs> Should, yeah no go ahead and uh, this yeah thank you for for rolling the tape i'm a fan of that i i i think that works both ways so well, we we'll, better get to, to clipping <laughs> to be continued on that no yeah i'm i'm disappointed um in the results from a prediction standpoint obviously with the point totals and what we're trying to do and have fun with it but how could i ever be upset at watching gabriel jesus play football the way that he does like I will never be upset with how he plays. Like now, I didn't get Zinny, but Vieira, good night. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Like I am, I am a City fan, and I do like the competition. And ultimately, down in like April, May, and June, when, when we're having those conversations, that's when I'll be a little bit t- tighter and like fuck Arsenal and fuck everybody else. But right now, it's too early in the year for me to not appreciate good ball, even if I got the prediction way wrong. Yeah, you did. You did. Where's Ivan Tony? That's what I have to say. Where is he? But uh, yeah. 
but no, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm just messing with you a little bit. I know you, I know you admire Arsenal from a distance. I know you miss uh, young Gabriel Jesus. I know when he was dancing, you were dancing with him uh, on on Saturday or Sunday. No, so yeah, Sunday. Yeah, so uh, I I guess it's only natural to start there since I clipped I clipped your soundbite and called your ass out on the podcast. That's how yeah. that's how I that's how I do it. That's how I do it, okay? Now, so, what I find funny is that you predicted a 2-1 win, so I would imagine in your clipping there would be something along the lines of, yeah, I think Ivan Tony's going to score, but we're going to still come out on top, something like that. So you I, had 2-1. Arsenal. I don't have the receipts for that. I don't have the receipts for that. So, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you didn't bring any, so sorry. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's only natural to start there. Um, Arsenal 3, Brentford 0. An impressive win for Arsenal. Let's let's be honest. You know, um, I thought it was going to be a tough game, and I did predict two one. I'm not going to hide from that. I thought this was going to be a difficult game. We went to Brentford last year and got slapped. Yeah. Now, there were there were circumstances to that that you know the media conveniently likes to ignore because they like to pile on Arsenal. Yeah, um, elaborate on that real quick, right? COVID, a few players on COVID, injury. I think to one or two. Gabriel was hurt in the first game. Uh, Aubameyang Lacazette had COVID. We still didn't have Odegaard. We still didn't have Ramsdale. We had like half a team. Now, some of those circumstances are the board freaking left everything to the last minute last year. Completely different from what we did this year. We had Jesus, Zinchenko, Vieira, all those guys. We had them in before preseason even started. So, you know, some of those circumstances were COVID, you know, losing your two forwards and then having to start Balogun who right now is on loan at Reims as your striker. And then I believe Martinelli wasn't ready. I think he was hurt. Gabriel was hurt. So, you know, there's no excusing the board, not having Odegaard and Ramsdale and all those pieces in. Tomiyasu wasn't there as well. But there was some circumstances that nobody likes to bring up. But I I digress. Uh, I thought it was going to be a tough game. Brentford is a tough fucking place to go. Their fans are usually up for it. And they have a good team. They're well coached. They're well organized. They're very analytically driven. And they mm-hmm. do things that bring a lot of pressure. You know, I love the way they play. They attack. A lot of teams come into the Premier League and they play defense for fucking 90 minutes and try to nick a nick a draw or nick a nick a one nil. Mm-hmm. Brentford doesn't do that. They take the game to you, especially at home. You know, every time you touch the ball, you got a Brentford player running at you. Every time they're they're countering, they're drive they're spamming in crosses, they're getting the ball to Ivan Tony. So yeah, I yeah. thought this was gonna be a tough game. And Arsenal put on their best performance of the year. Was it a mind blowingly visual, spectacular performance? No. Was it a dominant, mature performance? Hell yeah. And this is something I've been wanting to see from Arsenal for a while. Go to somewhere that you know you're better than the team and dominate yeah. them for ninety minutes, not eighty, yeah. not seventy, not sixty. 90 minutes they were well prepared they came in and they did the damn job that game was over within 20 30 minutes it was over Brentford had no chance we completely dominated from minute one to minute 93 however much stoppage time there was so yeah I was very very happy with that performance what, what did you think from an outsider's uh, perspective uh well first off the bounce back in mentality from what just happened with United was the first thing that kind of stuck out to me. Uh, I think 
I, I forget what goal in particular it was that when it occurred, I literally saw Gabriel Jesus in the celebration huddle, almost like a a yelling at them, like, let's not stop. We got to keep going type of first thing. goal. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the first goal. Uh, the yeah. Saliba goal, the header, which was a beautiful header, by the way. Saliba, we'll just have to talk about him because, to me, he's becoming one of the best defenders in the league already. Um, But, yeah, it was after the first goal. I actually watched that clip not long ago. He gets the header, and then he pulls everybody to the corner flag right after celebrating, and Jesus is lecturing them on what they need to do. I don't know what he said, but, yeah, that's just that mentality. That's that's why you bring in a guy like Gabriel Jesus. That's that's the intangibles that a championship player – and by, when I say championship, I mean he's won the championship, Champions League, Premier League, not not that he's a championship level. You know what I'm talking about. But anyway, yeah. that's the mentality. That's the intang- intangibles that you don't see on you know the stat sheets. No, huge. And and obviously, as 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 someone who watched him play for my own club, I truly, truly am infatuated with that sort of passion, but that that sort of relentless relentlessness because I know I can count at least three to four times where we've won games solely because of him. So I'm, I'm absolutely in love with Gabriel Jesus. I will always love Gabriel Jesus. I think it's probably next to Holland as one of the best signings of the summer. Um, it's going to go so underrated because I think people are going to realize it was a done deal before there were the, even other negotiations. You had other teams trying to get involved, but I think it was already done with the relationship and, and everything, all the signs pointed to him going. So there's that with, with Gabriel Jesus, but you mentioned Saliba, and I think it's important to note uh, Saliba to me right now is, I think, maybe a top five defender in Europe. I think Europe. it's not, and I not even think I know he's got two goals and one assist, which is better than Jaden Sancho right now, um, which is hilarious to me. Uh, mind you, he's played one less game in fairness to United, so I don't know if Sancho's going to go off with a Hattie in the next one, but whatever. Doesn't it doesn't it doesn't downgrade what Saliba's already done? He, I saw a clip of Saliba reporting for the France international team, and Deschamps was absolutely in awe of the six four body that was staring in front of him when he came and shook his hand. Spoke a little French to him, but I'm talking. I'm from a coach's eye. If I'll, I'll send you the video, and we should probably put it on our social medias. The champs looks him up and down, puts his hand, right hand on his shoulder, taps it a few times, grabs his bicep and squeezes a little bit, like this man's trying to see what he's got going. Again, gives him the up and down, and kind of gives him this nodding of the head, like yes, you are what I want. Uh, Brentford got slapped 3-0, complete domination, and one of the first things that the manager does in the post-match is speak about Arsenal's brilliance, but more specifically, shouts out Saliba and saying he is a world-class player right now. That guy, what a body. France is going to love him. So it's like, I'm happy as as much as I am a City fan, I'm going to say it. I've been saying Arsenal are title contenders. And this is a statement victory going into international break. I'm not saying we're, we're, you know, it's not halfway through the year. And I also kind of want to know something that's really important about the Premier League as the, the duration of the season goes. And you kind of, the, the the top four and the top contenders, the real creme de la creme start to separate themselves in the winter. 
I think it's well noted that in the winter is where you're really going to see the the people that can really push through. And then the back half of the year is more just kind of finishing strong or teams kind of recuperate where they lost points. But the winner is where people separate. Cindy are known when we went on our championship runs and still going, by the way, we actually do amazing in the fucking winter. That's where we grind. So this World Cup is really going to fuck shit up with that. So this year is so crazy to me to think where momentum really shifts for the longevity of the year. What are we going to have? Yeah, yeah, that that world that and I mentioned it last week. That winter break is really gonna throw shit, throw yeah. shit, throw a wrench into everything. You know, it's really gonna be crazy. But yeah, yeah just I mean, Saliba's amazing. I'm really so happy we got this guy. We have to extend his contract before January because in so January good. he's gonna have 18 months on his contract, uh-huh. and you know the big teams are already looking at him: Real Madrid, oh, yeah. Barcelona, Juventus. Um, so yeah, we have to extend his contract coming up. But the guy is just a physical specimen. He's probably going to get bigger because um, he's only 21. And Crazy. Yeah, it's just the guy, and he's so. What I like is out of my defenders is you know that Virgil Van Dyke where you're just so cool and calm mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. when you're just collecting the ball or sweeping it or you get you know two 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 guys running at you two attackers running at you. And you're never, never, yeah. always calm, never yeah. rattled at all. It's Just so beautiful. Calm, knows his positioning, yep. knows he's going to get to the ball because he's got pace on him. And just, yeah, I mean, it's he's he's great to watch. And yeah. uh, he's already got two goals. You know, I, I didn't expect him to come in and start banging goals. Last year, Gabriel had five goals for us, which is good for a defender. So yeah. it looks like he's going to get maybe six. You know, he's already got two. More than Sancho, or tied with Sancho in the Premier League, you know the seventy million dollar man, yeah. three hundred twenty five k a week, and uh, yeah, yeah. So, come on, say it. Let's talk. Arsenal are back. This is it. This is it. How you do? How are you not feeling it? Are you feeling this? Is that how? You, exciting, is that your mindset? An exciting time to be an Arsenal fan for sure. I'm not going to say we're contenders because I just I think City are just much better. They're much deeper, and that will pay off because of all the, 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 the fixture clutters that are coming up. You know, sure. we have nine games in October, January when we return is going to be a mess. I'm sure. So yeah. we need that depth. We need to make two signings in January minimum. Supposedly we are, but I've heard supposedly we were going to get a winger. Supposedly we were going to get Douglas Louise. We didn't get either of them. So we have to get the business done, yeah. but yeah, it's an exciting time to be an Arsenal fan and we have to give props to Mikel Arteta. I've been on I've been on the fence with him the past couple of years. We haven't got the results. A big club like Arsenal should not be finishing eighth two years in a row. Let's be honest. Yeah. And that's where most of the the anger from the fan base comes from, you know, especially after they Fuck. wavered with, with, with Wenger for, for the longest time. But right now is an exciting time. And you know what he's doing? And this is the name of our podcast, but all great coaches do this. Pep Guardiola, he'll take a player, he'll turn them into an even better player. You know, you get a great player like, I don't know, who's a good player that he's improved massively over the years? Like Foden. Foden's a great example. Great young player. Yeah, I was going to say Rodri off the top of my head, but yeah, Rod, Foden's Rodri. Quality. Foden, great young player. He ended up benching Foden for a while because he says Foden plays too fast. He's always at. Uh, he's always in fifth gear. He needs to learn how to change 
speed and change pace, which is something Martinelli needs to do as well. Because Martinelli is always frantic, running around. And then he benched yeah. him. And then he came back. And last year, player, as much as we, I may disagree with it, Foden, young player of the season, one of the brightest young stars in England, one of the brightest young stars in Europe. Let's be honest. Great player. Rodri wasn't the best DM in the world. Pep Guardiola gets his hand on him. He's probably the best DM in the world right now, right? State for the record, he was our third option. Rodri was our third option. We got denied on another CDM and another CDM. We did not. Fred, we decided not to spend the money for Fred. Go and behold, United <laughs> dumb fucks decide to. What and a we great said decision no. that was. Exactly. We said no to Fred. We're not paying the money. Rodri, come with us. Look what happens. And Pep would have probably improved Fred because Fred does have some skills. But, um, but yeah, that, that's what great managers do. And case in point right here, Granite Xhaka. Yes. Granite Xhaka. He, so he might be one of the best midfielders in the Premier League right now. If we're just okay. talking this season, you can't name me five better midfielders right now. He has been amazing. And yep. it's the redemption arc that nobody saw coming. Because if you would have told me two years ago that you sold him to Roma, to, to Jose Mourinho when he was knocking, for $15 million, yeah. I would have said, fine, take it. Let's get rid of him. Because he's lost the fan base ever since he threw the captain badge on the ground at Crystal Palace. He mm. lost the fan base. He's been here for five years. We've never had Champions League football under, under when we've had Granite Xhaka. He's always yeah. underachieved. He's always made bonehead mistakes. Mikel Arteta has totally redeemed this guy. And yeah. there, it, it would have been so easy for Mikel Arteta to just get rid of him. It probably would have been easier than getting rid of Aubameyang. Aubameyang won us a fucking oh, FA God, Cup. Yes. So getting rid of Xhaka, the whole entire fan base would have been united on that front. Mm-hmm. Mikel Arteta stuck with him. He stuck with him. And he's turned him into a great box-to-box midfielder. He's been great this season. And we have to give him more time. Let's, let's put a disclaimer on that. He can turn around and make me look stupid in a couple of weeks. But yeah. these first eight games, seven games, he's been awesome. And we even saw glimpses of it last season. I even thought he was pretty good last season. Yeah. And this season, you know, when Thomas Partey's there, he's able to play that number eight role, get forward, and he's playing in the box now, and he's been great. That that assist to Gabriel Jesus was an incredible over the top ball, incredible 100%. over the top ball from Jaka. And he's just he looks like a whole different player. You know, there was for me it was always I would watch him play as the captain for Switzerland, and I would go, this he looks like a totally different player playing for the national team. I don't understand yeah, why he it, comes to Arsenal and he sucks. You know, and it's probably because you know we had him playing in the wrong role. So props to Arteta because he stuck with a guy that nobody would have gotten mad if they just dumped him. And I mean dumped him. Fucking not extend his contract, let him go on a free transfer, which is a sin in, in the football world. But nobody would have been upset about that. No Arsenal fan would have. It would have been a very easy thing. He's completely stuck with him. He's stuck with what he's seen. He saw a good player in there, and he's brought it out of him. So that to me, when I start seeing Arteta do things like that, you know, even even on a like not as good, but like in Eddie and Ketia like two years ago, I thought he was terrible. I thought he was an awful striker. I still think he should be our third striker, 
but I have seen massive improvements in him as well. So he's bringing the best out in a lot of players on this team. And for me, that is like the final thing that's really got me on board this Arteta train. I'm, I, I need to see – the next thing I need to see is, is Champions League. I need to see Champions League. Once he there gets it, his head, that's the final piece of the puzzle, but you have to give him his props. I'm going to go beyond giving him his props real quick. So let, let's go – one important detail I think we you got to remember when it comes to the fans. In 2019, he literally screamed fuck off to the fans mid-game. Yes. Okay. So that, that's, a, that's a fact. That's we the, know that's the same game he threw the armband. Yeah, there, there's no question. As of 13 hours ago, Goal.com led with an article called We've Got Granite Xhaka, How Arsenal Ace Rebuilt His Relationship with Gunners Fans. Eight hours ago, on the Daily Mail, Ian Wright heaps praise on Granite Xhaka for settling Arsenal's tempo in new midfield position. Three hours ago on Football London, the important role Granit Xhaka played in Ethan Noir's debut as Arsenal Wonderkid breaks record. And finally, the last one a day ago on The Athletic, there's an uh, article entitled Arsenal have a, quote, new mentality this season. Granit Xhaka. Look, (laughs) I, I don't. There's a reason why I like Mikel Arteta, because he he coached for us, but he. And Pep are I, when, when Pep is the guy for me. So when Pep sees something in another guy, and I this is where probably O'Leary or someone else from a United standpoint are going to want to get me quoted because Ten Hag is actually good under per Pep. So if Pep says, and, and it goes for players as well, right? Pep says of that player's quality, that that value just went up 10, 15 percent. You can say what you want, but it is what it is. The player went up in price. So that's why it's known when City get around a player, valuations go up. Now they're, now, now Madrid start looking. Now Byron start looking. When that's the case, we pull out because whatever. But when, when it comes to Mikel, what you've noted is it's so spot on because Arsenal can could have easily taken that 15 million, which actually, I mean, fuck, 15 million? At the Look time? At it seemed like a decent price. Now it seems you got to double that to even talk to us. To even talk, yeah. And I don't. And you're right. At the time, I'm sure it was, other shit was going on. You know, whatever the points, yeah. it did bum me out. As I'm thinking so positively about Arsenal, the last two years you guys did finish in eighth. Fuck. I well, no, last week, last year we finished in fifth. The two years okay. before that, eighth, eighth. I cannot, for the life of me, name seven teams better than you in the prem. There's no fucking way. Right now? Right now, period. Bar none. From what I've seen this season, there's no question. Yeah. I don't think you can name three. I think right now, I could say with confidence, we are the third best team in the Premier League right now. You know, obviously the United uh, result didn't go our way, but we didn't play bad that game. We didn't. Um, We were naive a little bit with our tactics. Yeah. And props to Man United for, for, you know, taking it to us and beating us. And Ten Hag had a good game plan. And, you know, they won at home. They're, okay, cool. Doesn't doesn't change my point of view. Uh, we're yeah. a better team than United. We're better than Chelsea right now. I don't okay. want to hear it at all. And uh, we're better than Tottenham. And we'll prove that in, good. You know, in a week and a half or whatever. No, I completely agree. I, I was actually, I kind of wanted to dive deeper in your mentality real quick. So who are the two teams that are that are you that you would say are better than you? Still have to say Liverpool, and of course City. <sighs> Fuck, I'm so. We still st- have I'm to still... say it. we have to beat I know, Liverpool. I know. I, we, I know. We have to beat them in two weeks at home, 
And then I am then a little triggered say, by the mindset. You're not wrong. I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I am a little triggered by the mindset that we have to put Liverpool up there because I think saying that we say, have to. I know, I know. They have to it's just to turn it around. I mean, if if they were to go win ten in a row, would you be surprised? No, I wouldn't. But I would also say, where's the breaking point? Like, at what point in October? And October is going to be a end big of month. October. Yeah. Okay. End then, of October. We then we cool. can start saying this isn't the same Liverpool team. Cool. I'm noting that because I think it's got to be something. I I really want to. The fall's coming. I know the fall's coming. I just I I I see it as much as I. If I don't get another fucking point right in predictions the entire year, I don't give a fuck. If I am wrong, don't say Liverpool, that. I don't give a fuck. If Liverpool are shitty this year, I want to rag it in their fucking faces, man. I'm so tired of that fan base. To be completely honest, with they you. are annoying. I will agree with you on Fuck, that. Fuck, man. Yeah, but you know you can't write them off after one one bad month. You can't. You just can't. I'm sorry. That's fair. So yeah, I, I can't do it. I can't say we're better than them, but I, I I think we're better than the other teams. The way we're playing. I mean, to me, and and this is something I keep hearing, which is fucking annoying. Oh, they've played an easy schedule. Okay, well, so what top team? Oh, what what top team? <laughs> what top team has played a tough schedule? Let, let me hear it. I mean, because was was Leeds away much, that much tougher than Brentford away or Crystal Palace away? Because exactly Chelsea right. went to fucking Leeds away and got smoked three nothing, slapped. So for us, that would have been an easy game. That if we would have won three nothing, you would have said, "Oh, they're no, they're playing nobodies." But you guys went out there and got slapped three nothing. Okay, and I actually have stats to back this up. None of the big six teams have played an easy schedule. So have played a hard hard schedule. So I don't want to fucking hear it. I'm tired of that. It's such a lame analysis, and it's yep. more fucking ways to fucking shoot down Arsenal, and and it's getting annoying. Let, let, let's look at the bottom, the bottom five strength of schedules: Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, Tottenham, Man City. Those are the yep. worst strength of schedules in descending order. So. So, so, like I said, we haven't played much much worse of a schedule than anybody. In fact, Tottenham's schedule has been easier than ours. And that's the schedule I'm looking at right now. I want to go ahead and get to the roasting of this fucking bird because this is I, I hear this as well with, with the Tottenham fan base in regards to schedules. Yeah. I, I've also seen that like you know we're just. I've seen a lot of we're just grinding out an early part of the season. You know, international break and afterwards we'll kind of see how things go. Okay, you had a draw against West Ham. You had a draw against Chelsea. All right. You had a. It should have been a loss, by the way, if it wasn't yeah. for two atrocious calls that everybody agrees were atrocious. The the only game where I feel like you got slapped by Sporting in Champions League. The only game that I feel like from, from a Tottenham just, perspective. Just Prem. Just Prem. Just talk Prem. Okay. So just Prem, that Leicester game would be the one game where That's I can say. Ugh. It was at I home. Know, it was at home, and Leicester have zero wins. Let's, I, I we'll talk about Leicester. They are fucking dog shit. Some of the yeah. worst defending I've ever seen. That goalie, Ward, holy shit. Where did they find him? <laughs> Honestly, this guy, this guy is easily the worst goalie in the league. I mean, he yeah, was yeah. dreadful. So, yeah. no, I can't let you say that because that, that's a fucking relegation candidate. Like, and, legit. And that- I'm so happy that you're pushing back on it because that means literally, as from a Tottenham perspective, you have nothing to stand on. I'm literally looking at your schedule right now. You slapped Southampton 4-1 to to start the season. Is that what you want to hang your hat on? 
You two two draw. One nothing against Wolves. Yeah, one nothing against Wolves. Two nil against Forest. A draw against West Ham. Two one against Fulham. I mean, there's nothing here that I'm looking at and I'm like, damn, dominance. Shit, I can remember that game. They were doing it. No, they, were, they played all those games at home. The toughest yeah. team they played was Chelsea. Chelsea played them off the park, but couldn't finish their chances, and they got two lucky calls to make that a, a one point game, a one pointer for them. And Other the terrorist that, Romero gets away with a fucking hair pull of all ages, like he was trying to check if that man had a wig on or not. It was absurd. I still hold. And and also Spurs fan base to show how your shithouser and your fuckery is ridiculous. Digital Spurs LTD, limited, LT, whatever that stands for, your Twitter account, you have a store in which you've put the picture of Romero pulling Cucurella's hair on a shirt. How could you even be proud of that? Like, I support all of this, all of the little, you know, off-brand knockoff stores that try to make money and, and try to do cool shit that the club can't do so that you can get out there and support the fan base. I get it. Ginger Wig for the city fan base is awesome. He does coasters. He does towels. He does shirts, mugs. It's super dope. But I would never. Could you imagine if we put on there a, a, a fucking video of, of I can't even think of any shithousery that that city have actually done in a game or anything like that. But I'm just it's it's the dumbest thing to put and celebrate and promote and try to be like a, a, a proud fan of like who fucking wears that shirt. Spurs fans, if you're listening, please send me a photo of you on that shirt so I can rag your ass. That is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. No respect. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean, I'm just looking at it here, and Tottenham have had an easier schedule than us. I mean, it's it's right fucking here. So I'm uh, looking at it. They've had the 19th uh, strength of schedule. So the only one that was easier was Man City. So it is what it is. But yeah, I'm tired of hearing that, you know. And we'll have our chance to prove that we're much better than Tottenham very very yeah. shortly, and we are. I, I our style of play is better. It's more sustainable, you know. Our style of play, the way we play possession-based football, we're playing it well now. You know, we used to give away the ball a lot. I'm not seeing that as much, you know. And and everybody comes on the pitch with a purpose. And then you get Fabio Vieira. And, and you know, people are ragging on our depth. And our depth is weak. But if we get two players in January, then really all we have to do is get to November when the World Cup starts. So yep. all we need to do is get to November. So if we can get to November – after the World Cup, January transfer window, we bring in some depth. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. Our depth is okay. We didn't have Odegaard this weekend. We brought in Fabio Vieira. How did he do? How was that third goal? I'm going to tell you something right now. I was watching that third goal in my car, and I started crying. I took a, <laughs> I took a picture of myself crying, and I posted it online. Okay? <laughs> Judging <laughs> by, by your reaction, I think you might have shed a few tears as well. Oh yeah, oh, I mean our depth. We took we the former Vieira, huh? We, we definitely, we definitely need some more strength, and we'll get. Hopefully, if we get that in January, then in, and if we're still close to Man City, I'll say maybe we are title contenders. But right now, I'm just going to say we're a damn good team. We're the third best team in England right now, in my opinion. And yeah, I, I, like I said, also we didn't have Zinchenko. I was going to say that, and we bring in Tierney. So our depth is pretty good when you can bring wow. in as backups Fabio Vieira and Tierney. 
I, I would say we have pretty good depth. There wasn't much of a drop off. Obviously, everybody's healthy. I'll probably put Zinni in at left back. No. I'll probably put uh, Odegaard in at a 10, but not not bad backup options, I'd say. Yeah, Arsenal are back fully engaged. I, the moves in the summer to me made me feel like this was this was coming. I knew I didn't look at the schedule for Arsenal. I can't sit here and tell you that it was going to be coming out like this. But I truly thought I think when when we were messaging, I, I, I'm fairly confident. I've always had them in my top four for the year, but with the right moves on the back end of the year, because I am predicting a busy January window. I'm going to tell you right now, I think to January, it's and it's not because of January. Traditionally, anyone knows January windows are, are not big. There's, I think, only yeah, maybe one slow. to two. They're slow. I don't think there's maybe one to two big signature signings that have come in. Yeah. But I can tell you for sure, post-World Cup yeah. is where things get popping. Well, teams are going to actually have an extra month to start looking at deals and stuff like that because, you know, they're not going to be playing. They, they yeah. stopped playing in November. So it's no. almost like an extra month and a half to assess what you need and 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 start talking on the back end because you know they're all fucking they're all tampering and doing all that shit on the back end. So yeah, sure. I, I think it will be too. And there's going to be a lot of um, there's going to be a lot of probably injuries and stuff, unfortunately, and and players uh-huh. worn down because of all the fixtures. So yeah, th- I think it will be one of the busier January windows. I totally agree with that. Totally agree. Yeah. And in regards to the whole fatigue thing, I'm looking at you, Roberto Martinez. You fucking just – you hurt my king, Kevin De Bruyne, again. And I swear to man, there's going to be a fucking – you're going to be on a wanted poster somewhere. That's the last thing that City need, man. Roberto Martinez is infamous for fucking working that guy. 4-1, 5-1 against fucking Austria. And this man will be playing him into the 87th minute. I swear to God, I want to fucking break Roberto's knees himself sometimes. Didn't didn't De Bruyne last year like comment on the the Nations League saying it's kind of a bullshit competition we play yeah. all year and then we have to play this Nations League, yeah. So you can tell he 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 doesn't want to fucking play in all these uh, these bullshit Nations League matches and all these international friendlies that go on. So yeah, and uh, that's a good point. Oh wait wait wait. So you predicted three three. I had two one. So I get a point for that. You yeah. also had Ivan Tony. We did a prop bet. Pick three players huh? to score a goal. You get you get a point for each player that scores a goal, whether they score five goals or or just one. You get a point. Thanks. It's our prop, one of our prop picks of the week. You had Ivan Tony, and I just have one thing to say: Where's Ivan Tony? Where's Ivan Tony? No goals for Tony, so that's a zero pointer for you. I get a point. I think I gained some ground this week. I think I gained some ground this week because I had Erlen Holland, and oh. we'll pivot to the Man City game, which was a layup. I took that. I took Holland right away. So yeah, Man City three, Wolves zero. Loved it. I loved it, and and it's it's about one thing, and it's one thing right now. Gucci Jack, no. Jackie Cavs, baby, shut the fuck up, everyone. Shut the. Are fuck you talking up. to me? Are you talking I'm, to me? I, I'm I'm talking to right a lot. Mirror. A lot of different haters of the club, which I don't think you're a hater of the club in, in, in respect. I'm talking to a lot of people that are talking about a price tag and production and and and, and a where's this? Villa. 
as a possible loan for for a bag of gummy worms, raisinets, and fifty million. I, I look. I don't know, man. Well, I honestly, it was a it was a turn and a curve that I wasn't expecting. The pivot to man, this Jackie Grealish, he ain't performing. I think if I were messaging you, I were messaging my boy Denny at, at halftime. I and I said it on the pod last time. I still hold true. Jackie Grealish and Riyad Mahrez do not need to be playing together. If I see them in the lineup again, there's going to be huge. Huge issues, and I'm so happy we didn't see it. And Jack Grealish got the start. Riyadh didn't, and that's that's expected. That's fine with me. Scored within a minute, 55 seconds. I'll take that. Shut the fuck up, everybody. Beautiful cross by the King Kevin himself. Now, the hat trick is what have been perfect. I think we were messaging the night before, and I was just like, actually, the one thing I would want is a is a three nothing win in a hattie by Jackie Grealish, so everyone would shut the fuck up. So. Yes, there's still going to be haters. Yes, it's a little bit more production, but he's on the board. He's not been fully fit, but we had a good, good showing from him. And he was more aggressive. Uh, City overall played well, dominated. I can't really think of any standouts other than, you know, Holland getting a goal outside the box with his weak foot. (laughs) You know, I thought all he can really do is score within the six-yard box, but apparently this guy's got a weak foot and and, and movement. (laughs) Go figure. I don't know. Yeah, and we forgot to touch on the Cobra Kai karate kick. <laughs> that was insane. What the hell was he doing? Who was that yeah. again? Uh, hold on, let me look up the guy's name. But yeah, what was that? It, it was. It was. You're, are you talking about the Champions League goal that he scored against Dortmund? No, I'm talking about the guy on the Wolves who got the red card for karate kicking Kevin De Bruyne. Oh my lord! Yeah, he just, <laughs> just tried to. He almost. He could have killed him. He he literally Ethan Collins, yeah, that Ethan was, that Collins, was horrible. It was on Gucci Jack too. So I mean, whatever. Was it on, dude. Was it on Grealish? I thought it was on, it was on Jack. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. You're right, you're right. Yeah, no, there, if it was on Kevin De Bruyne, there would have been a hit out for that man the next day. Yeah, no, <sighs> wow, yeah, that was insane. Yeah, so I, I I saw some of the game. I saw the the Holland finish. I got a point for that. Thank you very much. I actually got four points from this game because I predicted the three zero. I'm bragging, yeah. motherfucker. So you this did. You a got big the game for me. I appreciate you so much, Manchester City. And yeah, it was <laughs> funny because we had a little podcast last week where we did a deep dive into your Man City insecurities, and yeah. then we also ended it by talking about uh, the hundred million dollar man, Jack Grealish. And I, mm-hmm. I, you know, we made a little bet on that. You said fifteen goal and assists, uh, fifteen goal contributions. Yeah. And I said, you know, when when are we going to start getting a performance from him? And he answered right away. And he actually answered in an interview, too. I think I think I rattled him a little bit because there was an interview. There was an interview where he was saying, um, well, well, Pep came out and said, what did he say? He said, we didn't get Jack Grealish for, goal, for goals and assists, which is what you said. You were like, he's going to bring up dribbling. So you called it. You were spot on with that. And then uh, then Jack came out and, you know, addressed the uh, – the speculation and all the the people questioning his performances at Man City, basically insisting he's a flop, and then yeah, he comes out with a goal in fifty five seconds. So that was that was that was nice for Jack. And I, I'll say it again, I like Jack Grealish, so I'm rooting for him. I just I don't think it's going to work at City. I don't see it yet, but I'm, I'll be happy if he proves me wrong. 
I hope he has to fucking proves you wrong because at this point it would be it would be a disastrous situation and it would probably be if it doesn't work right if we go down the path that he doesn't he doesn't work and he goes back to villa or goes somewhere else and we put him out on loan for a year what what that would essentially kind of lead to is ultimately basically saying that that's since angala that's probably the worst signing that we've had or if you wanted to count benjamin rent mendy but you can't account for off the field things like that so benjamin mendy or mangala are probably the the two worst signings if since Jack, if if Jack turns out to, to be a flop. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, good good one for City. I expected nothing less. This Wolves team is looking pretty, pretty terrible, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Where are they in the, in the table? Because I'll look right now. I was are co- 17. I'm a fan of Potence. Yeah, I, I like Potence a, a lot. He's not that good yeah. but he, no. he – you know, when he's running at you, he's dangerous. He's he's yeah. one of those guys. He runs at you, and it's he's hard to contain. But his end product is lacking. Seventeenth. There's, there's so Wolves many guys on that Wolves team that are just fucking running at you. They're so fucking good. Yeah. Neto was one of them. Uh, yeah. Adama Traore, and just have nothing in the final third. So there's yeah. a lot of those same kind of guys, and. That's why I said 3-0 because every week after week I see them perform well and just not able to put anything in the back of the net. Any so so bullseye wise, that is your. Hold on, let me check right now. I think that's your second bullseye that you've had all year. I think so. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have many. So yeah, that was good. I needed that. I needed this week. I yeah. needed this week for sure. Uh, while you're looking that up, I'm going to start talking about the next game, which was, uh, let's start with the Friday games. I totally forgot there was two Friday games. Um, Fulham versus Nottingham Forest. And Not- uh, Nottingham Forest loses at home to Fulham. Fulham, once again, with a nice win on the road. They are playing so good in this, this Premier League season. Like I said, I, I can't see them going down. You know, great yeah. goal from Paulinha. Did you see that goal by Paulinha in that uh, seventh minute? Beautiful, beautiful. Goal. This guy's really good. Um, where did he come from? Sporting, Sporting, and another Portuguese player. Yep, so Portugal's another, got it going, man. Another Portuguese player. His finish was awesome. Mitrovic was good. Didn't get the goal. Did you pick him for your puppet? I didn't. No. I had Ivan Tony, yeah. uh, Harry Kane, and Kevin De Bruyne. You had uh, Erling. Madison and yeah. um, who was your other one? Uh, Isak. Uh, uh, oh, Isak. Yeah. Yep. Isak got the penalty, but yeah, um, <clears throat> man, it was impressive. It was impressive. Yeah. Um, great win for Fulham again. Nottingham Forest again. They need to start winning these home games. You yeah. have to start winning these home games against other teams like of opposition like Fulham, and you know. <laughs> I think I had them as my favorite to go down, and it's it's hard to argue with that right now. They yeah. just they just don't look good at all. They don't look good at all. So for the year, we are two and two on bullseyes. You nailed this week three and three zero city over wolves, and you you you've been getting wolves right. I want to. These are important tendencies to point out as we predict future wise. You got wolves versus Southampton right on match day six one zero. Um, I've predicted, so those are year, for, year two, I've predicted in the same week I got two right. 
um, bullseye. West Ham and Tottenham, I got a 1-1 draw uh, on match day five. And then Liverpool-Newcastle, uh, I predicted 2-1 Liverpool, and that was spot on. So we're both two, two for two uh, on bullseyes. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so the other, the other Friday game, which did I predict this? No, I was close to a bullseye, but I had I had Aston Villa winning, and they win 1-0 at Villa Park against Southampton. Um, Steven Gerrard survives another week. He's going to oh. keep surviving. We've been saying, well, come on, come on. He's got to get fired soon. But uh, no, they survived. Jacob Ramsey with the goal. Um, controversial goal, kind of. Did you see the goal? I, I I know that this game didn't stick out to me. So yeah, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't. It wasn't. I had to go back and see these highlights. I'm pretty sure I was still working. Um, but I, these these four teams in particular, Villa, Southampton, Southampton. I only like when they're playing bigger teams. When they go against teams that are kind of more in their they're dealing directly with on the table. I feel like they're always going to kind of just not show up. Yeah. And then F- F- Fulham and Forest, I just feel like F- Fulham are that team. I I think they're going to stay up. They're just going to find a way. That's what I've been just seeing from the from another Portugal shout out, the manager over there for Fulham's Portuguese. So, um yeah, I, that Villam Southampton game boring as fuck. Yeah, it wasn't a great game. Good win for Villa, though. They need to start doing more of that. They've been fucking slacking. But, yeah, it was a good game uh, for Villa. Overall, kind of a boring game. Um, Next game on the list is Newcastle-Burnmouth. Another stinker, to be honest. Newcastle-Burnmouth. Newcastle was at home, too, at St. James. And, yeah, it was – Really bad performance from Newcastle, if I'm being honest. They're actually lucky to get the draw. Yep. Um, the 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 penalty, mm, another penalty that uh, I'm not so sure about. I'm not so sure about, but uh, thankfully for that, because Isak got me the goal. Um, but yeah, it was just I'm I'm really surprised because I, I watched that game against Man City, Newcastle, Man City, and I'm saying, man, Newcastle is going to be really fucking tough to play at home. They're probably going to be the <laughs> toughest home game. Yeah. Uh, toughest away game for any premier team, premier league team outside of the big six. Um, and it just was a, honestly, they were lucky to get the draw because I thought Barmouth outplayed them for the most part. Um, besides the penalty, Isak, he missed a chance he should have probably put in and he was just okay. Yeah. Just kind of a surprising performance from Newcastle. Are they, are they kind of coming back to earth? I, I think they have a pretty good team, but it's not like a great team. So maybe we overhyped them a little bit because you're looking at their results right now. They're sitting in 10th, but it's one win and it's five draws. I am fucking pissed at Newcastle. If you get the money, if you got the coach you believe in, which by the way, you took him from Bournemouth, you just played him, and you get a 1-1 draw at home, and this goes back to me going when we were talking about City Newcastle. Of course, Newcastle want to show up against City. They want to play it, but but Bournemouth at home, and you want a one-one draw, you bitches. That's the shit that pisses me off. Because now it's in particular, we're just focusing on Newcastle. I'm sure other teams will do it, but there's other situations. The variables at Newcastle right now say we have the money support, we have the coach we want, we're building the players, and we just made some good transfers over the summer. Shit like this, a start to a season like this, it's starting to get unacceptable. Because if you go with the trend that's been seen, 
just in their play, I predicted a 4-1 Newcastle win because I wanted to see dominance at home and we can compete with for a top six situation. And what the fuck did we get? I think I picked a crazy score too, right? Well, no, you were more fucking spot on. This is you were you were really close to having like a crazy, crazy week. You had one nil Newcastle. So close. Yeah, I don't know why. I just yeah. thought it was going to be a tight game, but yeah, um, I'm just surprised. I, I really thought Newcastle this was the year. And and look at the look. This is crazy. Burnmouth is doing. We got to shout them out a little bit because. They got smoked by by Arsenal, Liverpool, and Man City. Smoked. They lost like, what was it, sixteen uh, nothing on aggregate to those three teams. So they're sitting they're sitting level on points with Newcastle right now. Newcastle yeah, has it. a plus one goal differential, and Burnmouth has a minus thirteen. But minus hey, 13. go ahead, go ahead, Burnmouth, and lose all those big six games. Get smoked in them. But they're doing a good job of picking up points here and there outside of those big six games. They're sitting there in 12. So, you know, yeah. props to them for, for picking up points because a few weeks ago, people were saying this is the worst team in Premier League history after they got smoked by Big Six. But you can't say that. They're, they're getting the points where they have to. So props yeah. to them. Um, That's a good shout. Real quick. 3-2 against Forest. Needed that. Yeah. 0-0 against Wolves. You probably would have wanted to get a dub out of there. Got slapped by Poole. Got slapped by Arsenal. Slapped by City. Two nil over Villa. I mean, yeah, you you you're yeah, spot on with first this. game this of the year. Yeah, this is a really good call. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, props to them for just picking up points, and you know, everybody's obviously going to remember when they get slapped, but they stay up. It's not going to fucking matter, and that's yep. the goal for Burnmouth this year. Just finish sixteenth or seventeenth. That should be yep. the goal. And right now, it looks like they, they should be able to do that. We'll see as the season pre- progresses. I still would probably put them as the team to go down, um, but a team that may very well definitely go down, and I think I predicted them to go down, Leicester City. I mean, <laughs> Leicester City 2, Tottenham Hotspur 6. Man, this was, a, this was a close game. I think we both wanted Leicester to win, and we both predicted it, and the scoreline will not reflect the game. Leicester was in oh. this game majority of the time. Yeah. Set piece after set piece. I mean, I've never seen a team with the inability to defend a simple set piece. You do a set piece against Leicester, you probably have like a 60 to 70% chance of scoring. No lie. They are awful at defending set pieces. Their goalie, Ward, losing Schmeichel was a huge loss for Leicester. I feel like if, if Schmeichel was still around, they would have some points here. But they are right now, Leicester City is sitting at the bottom of the table with one point, one draw. That's all they've had so far. They've played seven games. How is Brendan Rodgers still here? I don't – I think Romano Fabrizio put out a statement early this morning that – or even right after the game that – he, he still sees eye to eye with the club. And if you look at, I think he, I think the words were Rod, from Rogers. If you look at the first half alone or in the first 30 minutes, there was real production and real energy and positive, you know, energy kind of thing, which is fucking horrendous for a manager to say at any point in time, when you got to highlight just the first half or highlight the first 15 minutes, you're already kind of doing yourself a disservice because when you look at the culmination, obviously you got your ass kicked. Uh, real quick, bottom three predictions. I think it's important we say this. Brian, you had uh, t- uh, last three. Um, 
in 18th place, you had Leicester. 19th place, Forest. 20th, Bournemouth. I had 18th, Villa. 19th, Leicester. 20th, Bournemouth. So, Bournemouth's got a fucking thing against us right now. They've heard this and said, we're going to shut We're those mad. two Yanks up. They're mad. Yeah, but mad. it's it still might they, – they might fall down. It's so early in the season. You know, they don't have much depth. So, yeah, no. they, they could. I could still see them ending up there. But just for right now, you got to give them prop. But, yeah, Leicester was just – they couldn't – they had some easy – they had some chances in that second, second half um, to really take the lead or even put it at 3-3. And then Sun came off the bench and just fucking netted back. three sick goal, goals. And, of course, he picks up form right before the North London Derby. Uh, great. Great for us. But, yeah, um, just, I mean, to me, I mean, Tottenham, once again, didn't really impress in the first half. Second half, when Sun came on, they were on fire, creating chances left and right. Um, but, yeah, I, I just I, I don't see how they can sustain this, Spurs. But, I mean – it's an Antonio Conte team. This is what they do. This is what they do. They're going to make it look ugly, but they're going to pick up points. So we'll see them in two weeks. But, yeah, they're sitting there one point below us at 17 points. So you have to give them credit for just picking up points. And life is much easier when you have Harry Kane and, and Young Ming Sum and, uh, you know, Kulisevsky and guys like that. You know, that's one of the better front, front threes in the league, if not one of the best. So, when you could sit back and play defense and just bang people on the counter with with elite finishers, yeah, yeah. it makes life easier. So um, we, we'll see. We'll yeah. see though, because I do see a lot of holes in their defense. Their defense is leaky, and I think a better team uh, would have probably made them pay for it a little bit more. City fans will tell you that Yu Ming Sun's uh, crazy back into the game, kind of into the groove of things with his Hattie was really meant for City, and we just dodged that. So shout out to the scheduling. Shout out to the queen. May you rest in peace. Take that. Um, and then the other thing that I kind of wanted to point out is the buy-in. I think the main difference that you saw, one of the things in these two clubs in particular, Lester ain't bought the fuck in and what they're doing and what's going on over there. When you got Spurs and Antonio Conte as a manager and you have forwards that are bought in and being able to come back and play and not you know, do what they're originally meant to and waste their talent and buy into that, yeah, they're going to be okay with that. I mean, Atletico Madrid had some good runs in the Champions League. <laughs> nah, I mean, it's, I got to say it for what it's worth. Yeah, if you want them to buy in and be, and be succumb to your defensive style of just negative football, sure, great. It's going to work because it's 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 all it's it's shown to work before, right? So, yeah. I mean, yeah, shout out shout out to you, Conte. You're doing it so far, Conte. Conte, doing it. that's going to be the next episode is going to be lit. I'm drinking. I'm getting hyped. Yeah. I'm getting hyped for the North London Derby. And then we're going to have O'Leary on, a Manchester United fan, because that same weekend is the Manchester Derby. So we're going to yeah. schedule that next podcast for probably next Wednesday or Thursday. And it's it's going to it's gonna get rowdy. That um, is literally the next time we see our clubs play football. Yep, because we have a stupid na- international break coming up. Thanks a lot. Nations, Thanks a lot, UEFA. Um, but, yeah, so – yeah, good good win for Spurs. Uh, good good win. We predicted a loss for both of them. I got mm-hmm. my Madison goal. You got your Kane goal. And then the last game of the week, Everton picks up a win at home against West Ham. The Hammers. David Moyes out? Question mark. Yeah, he should be out. And that's another one that I'm. I think United. 
How did Sir Alex Ferguson wa- give him the recommendation to come into United and be that guy? How did that that O'Leary needs some shit for that? Because you cut your reference, your reference is arguably one of the best managers in to ever grace the sport in his in his era. And here we are, and you're shit. You're so shit with talent. You have to why are you such a bad manager with talent, but with nothing, you're actually not bad. You need to go down and coach like elementary kids or something. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. Well, the problem with Moyes is he, he just brought in Skamaka and he's still starting Antonio. He's brought in a bunch of new players and he's he's not really playing them. He's And, and you know, Antonio Conte is kind of doing the same because you still have Basuma coming off the bench. You know, Jed Spence hasn't seen the light of day. I think I think we need to actually put out a, a police report for Jed Spence. Is he okay? Has anybody seen him? Um, yeah. But Conte is getting the results, right? He's got the points. Yeah. Let's take a really look at the point. table because I'm seeing West Ham in 14th place with one win and one draw out of seven games. This is a West Ham that finished seventh last year that really should be playing in Europa, but they fucked it in the last game of the season last year, and Man United snuck in. But yep. if we're being honest, they should be in Europa. They should have been a sixth-place finish last year over Manchester United. They were good last year. And Moyes, the last few years, has done a good, good job with West Ham. But, like you said, when things start going well for a club, that's when Moyes starts doing bad. And it's starting to show. And it really is. And I don't think they're going to sack him soon. But you got like two or three more games, Moyes. For West Ham to be 18th with the talent they have, the money they've spent, they spent a lot of money. For them to be 18th after seven games, you could dig yourself out. But... It's not looking pretty. Even the games they've won, super close games where they've edged them out. You know, even though the one game they won, sorry, not even plural. But yeah, it's uh, it's looking dire for West Ham. And how you feeling about your West Ham in fifth uh, prediction? Uh, he needs to fucking go. He needs to fucking go. You're because he's com- I, I really am because this is a good team. This is a good team. And what uh, Liverpool? If a Liverpool fan was listening, they would understand this. If Liverpool's watching a West West Ham right now, you are wondering. You're, you're actually texting Lucas Paqueta's agent every day, and you're laughing. And you're just saying, I hope, I hope, I hope you did best by your player. I, I hope he really wanted this. Because if he didn't, and you just got him there for the money and a larger cut for you, May the hottest places in hell be reserved for you, sir. Because this is absolute atrocious that you're going to have Saeed Ben Rama coming off, coming on on the 62nd minute because Fornos didn't give you shit. Ben Rama gets one off of the post, off of a nasty shot outside of the box, okay? In the 70th, eight minutes later after putting Ben Rama on, he takes Antonio off and puts on that Italian creative player with tattoos. Yeah, there you go. Skamaka. Uh, uh, I'm about to Skamaka David Moyes because he's not doing the shit that he needs to. This is a European club. This is a European quality roster, and he's burning it from the inside. It's crazy. You're really angry at David, huh? Dude, I saw them in Europa a couple years ago, and I was like, yo, they could do it. They could do it. Declan, Antonio, just a just a rugged rugby style of a striker. 
Yeah, they, I mean, they have the talent, and yeah, I think I think he's got a couple more games, maybe till you know the tenth game. But this is a. Uh, I know the West Ham fans must be fucking livid because. You've been coming on with good momentum the last couple of years. You expect to probably stick around that Europa, those Europa places, and they're nowhere near it now. So, yeah, that's uh, not a good look for West Ham and not a good look for your prediction. For uh, No. <laughs> that's no, why horrible. you're so stressed and calling out David. Nah, I'm just pissed off. He's he's doing shit with quality. I don't get Always it. He's out. Pochettino in? Poch ain't going to take that job. Pochettino I don't take think that so. job, especially when you got. Uh, this is the thing I was going to follow you up with. Uh, do, when do you decide if you're West Ham that you're going to sell Declan Rice? Um, it it can't. That value. I mean, I mean, if if they are still in the tank, and if they're still down by the relegation zone in January, you probably consider it, right? And just do I mean, that. You probably consider it if somebody like some stupid team like Chelsea comes and slaps a hundred mil on the table, which they might. They have to. Because I'm telling you right now, I think Declan Declan doesn't go less this year. West Ham's not taking less than a hundred million this year. I was just about to literally. That is the number. It no starts yeah, starts at a hundred. Now here's the real question: Is Declan Rice worth a hundred million dollars? No. No. I. I I like him. I think he's a good player, but I think he's so fucking overrated. I really do. I'm just so I think happy he's that a we good can, player. You know. But he's people talk about him like he's the next fucking Rodri or some shit. Oh God! It, well, I mean, real quick, it's so good and it's so just refreshing to know that other people of other clubs who support other clubs and different mindsets can agree that it just in having this small example, there is a huge difference between the evaluation and the actual worth. Like, I'm sorry, it's a World Cup year. He's about to start for England. I'm sorry, the money goes up. You can have any conversation you want or I don't agree or I don't. I, sure, English he can tax. have that. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. We may not it's like a it. Big thing. It's, yeah, it's, it's actually annoying. It is quite, and the disrespect they show Americans. Tim Ream captained a team this this weekend. Got a goal. Got a goal. Ask me if he's on the squad for for, for international. The answer is a fuck no. It's no. bullshit. So, like, it works both ways. A lot of people just focus on the Bundesliga tax and the English tax. Why don't we talk about the American disrespect? Because the man is doing work out there, but he don't he 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 don't get that international call up. He can't get that work. If Tim Ream ain't on the World Cup roster, words, words. Well, didn't they do the call ups for U.S. like last week? Yeah, the roster is trash. Especially when you got some, especially when you have Serginio Des doing what he just did over the weekend for Milan, and you got and you, I'm, I don't actually know if Dest is on the roster or not, but I'm just so disappointed he with. He's yeah, on there. there you go. Des, look, I'm you're about to, I'm about to blow a casket just thinking about this again. It's absurd. It's crazy to me. Like, what are we doing? We can save that for another international episode because it's have coming. Favorite these international managers. 
It's complete trash. And I know you have uh, Southgate as public enemy number one when it comes to that. Mr. I bring on 12 defenders and bring on Jack Grealish, who as a City fan, I can tell you, doesn't fucking deserve it. And you're going to bring them and you're going to bring them to that, which also also just in favoritism, like I talk about Roberto Martinez, Southgate, Grealish is coming back from injury. What are you doing? What are you doing? Like, I know yeah. Pep has had that conversation with you. Well, you bring on 12 defenders, and then you don't even pick Ben White. You pick Luke Shaw and fucking uh, Harry Maguire and Connor Cody, but you don't pick Ben White, who's playing right back for Arsenal, who can play center back, and he's better than those three guys I mentioned, and he's playing on a team right now. He's one of the better players on a team that is right now top of the Premier League. So uh, Gareth Southgate is a hack. Do you want to talk about any of these uh, Nations League games coming up this week? Uh, I, I really, will. after this, we're not going to preview uh, week nine. We're going to wait till next week. We have a yeah. special guest coming on uh, to preview the Manchester Derby, and then we'll talk uh, North London Derby and then the, the rest of the fixtures. So do you want to talk about any of these games? I haven't even really looked at the schedule. I just think that – and just kind of expanding a little bit more with the Ben White, just complete shade on him – it's almost like you don't have a conversation with Arsenal and Miguel about the fact that you, Southgate, are known for playing three in the back. We're having Ben White play right back, and you don't even want to consider him for white right wing back and allow him to – I mean, and also, I don't know, with him being a little bit injured and kind of you know getting some of the niggles, would you be a fan of him actually doing it? Because I actually do the counter. Like, yeah. I don't want Jack Grealish going, but for two reasons. Because he's been ass, and he's also hurt right now. So, like, he doesn't – one, he doesn't deserve it. And two, let him rest. Yeah. I mean, I, I would prefer none of my players go and play in international duty because we have the yeah. North London Derby coming up. But I'm just speaking from a perspective. If I'm Ben White, I'm pretty pissed off. 100%. He deserves it. Let's be, let's be real. And it's, it's the World Cup. I mean, I'm sure he wants to be called up on the call-ups before the World Cup. But, you know, he didn't let that perform his perform, uh, affect his performance this weekend, so I was happy about that. He was really good this weekend again. But He's killing it, man. I digress. Yeah, good good, good player, Ben White. Um, yeah, so let's just look at some of these uh, Nations League games. Um, I'm just going to call out the ones that catch my eye. Um, Istanbul versus – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shit. Uh, Poland versus Netherlands. That's an interesting game. Uh, Thursday, 245, Poland versus Netherlands. I always like the Netherlands teams, even though the World Cup committee, uh, they fucked up the the Netherlands kits. But yeah, that's that's an interesting game. I always like Netherlands. I think they have a good team. Um, What do you think? So, yeah, I'm looking at the schedule. That looks like it could be a fun game now. Um, Who do you think wins that one? Poland, Netherlands? Uh, I'd have to look at the rosters, but off the top of my head, I actually think that I'm going to go with Dut- the Dutch because I think the they're Dutch. a little bit more in form. Yeah, I like how the Dutch play. I think they have a good team. Memphis Depay, you know, yeah. he struggles at the club level sometimes, but international level, he's a beast. He always comes through. Always comes Spot through. On. I yeah. always like Depay. Um, and yeah, I think that's a win. I think Lewandowski will probably net a goal or two for Poland. But yeah, I think it'll be a win for Netherlands. I'm looking forward to that game. I'll probably throw it on as some background noise Thursday. Um, Belgium versus Wales. Ooh, so we know Gareth Bale is going to be getting a call up for Wales because this is his time to shine. 
Um, if Kevin, yeah, Ramsey. If if Kevin De Bruyne starts, I'm fucking raising hell. Um, <laughs> I think he will raise hell too, based on the comments he made last year. Yeah, and it's a really prime opportunity. I think I, in in 180 of that, I think I'd better see if I'm a Madrid fan. I better see Eden Hazard. Show me more consistency in that healthy ankle, because I've got to see it before I start to believe. A roster, yeah, yeah for sure. Hazard's been a complete mess after go, after going to Real Madrid. Complete mess. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that'll be a, another one to watch. I'll probably take Belgium in that. Uh, I'll give them two to one, two to one. Uh, you know, France. And if you're looking at the, the Nations League uh, standings, France had a terrible first four games in the in the group. They're sitting at the bottom of their group with Denmark, Croatia, Austria, and France and themselves. They're sitting at the bottom of that with two points. So if they want to advance in this Nations League, they got to win. I'm sure they don't give a shit, but yeah, France is playing Austria. So I'm going to say that France will get a win there and pick up three points. That's pretty safe to say. I, I really like watching France because I don't have too many French players on the roster for City, but I also like to watch it because they always have those younger talents that are coming up yeah. and they play during these games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, bottom of the table that sits three countries at what the fuck. There's only maybe one of them that should be doing better than you. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I think France will slap the shit out of Austria, to be honest. Italy versus England. England, also oh. bottom of their group. Yeah, so Italy isn't in the World Cup, so nope. we got to shout out. They're going to be going balls deep in this game because this is their everything right now. Yeah, so yeah. rematch, rematch of the European final as well. So I, I got Italy winning this because I think it's going to mean more to Italy right now. Yeah, England. If you watch those first four Nations League games, which I did for England, coasted through. They really, really? coasted through. They don't seem interested in this at all. But for me, it's concerning uh, from an England perspective. And if I'm an England fan, I'm seeing these call-ups where Gareth Southgate is is calling up players that aren't even playing for their club team. And then you're going into the World Cup on bad form from the Nations League. I think I'd be concerned. Could England get upset in the group stage? That's going to be the take going into the World Cup. Especially... Now, if they win these next two Nations League games and they look good, but they looked awful in those Nations League games. It was right after the season, so you could say burnout, but let's no. see how they look now. For me, I think it's just Southgate's boring style of football. That's what it that's what Amore is to me. And, uh, you know, he got two good results. He gets to the European final, and then he got to the World Cup semifinal. Last two big competitions. So is this the year where – Things start going downhill for Southgate because I do not rate him at all. So we'll see. We'll see. But I'm going to agree with you. I'll, I'll think Italy is going to win this one, and I think England's poor form is going to continue. Yeah, I don't I don't see it. I also don't even see the significance for England to really take it this serious other than trying to put some players out there and test out. Maybe that's what he's trying to do because Harry Maguire's on the fucking roster, so Lord only knows that's for what reason. He'll so you probably gotta start just... too. Guarantee it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, if – yeah, he, he fucking better. He, he better. I don't want John Stones to star. I don't even know if John Stones is on the roster, but I mean, I don't. Yeah. What has Harry been doing? He has been starting shit else. So. Yeah. 
So, yeah, that's the Nations League. I mean, it's nothing really too crazy to cover, but we will check in. And then, like I said, next week we'll be back. Special guest next week on Manchester United fan O'Leary. And in this podcast, you got anything? You got a message for him? He's coming on next week. He's he's prepping. I got a little preview of what he can anticipate. I do. And I think it's only fair. Just because I... As a fan, I want to make sure he never forgets. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You want to describe what that is just in case the microphone didn't pick it up that well up that well on the podcast? That is the beautiful sounds of the moment, 93rd minute and 20 seconds in which Aguero hits his famous goal based off a beautiful Balotelli dime, which was his only dime of the season, by the way. And we fucking hit it to win it. Oh, I'll I'll remind O'Leary all about it next week. Don't you worry about it. That's the message. That's the message. So these two, uh, Orlando and O'Leary. Orlando and O'Leary. Sounds like a sitcom. But uh, they will be going at it next week. It might be worth to do like a state of the club episode with him just because I feel like we need to get a full sit down of what he thinks United's going through and where he feels like he's at. Like I I just got to hear from a United standpoint. I know you feel like the things are, are, are up and coming, even though it's not all fixed. Like it's, it's, he can't convince me right now that Ronaldo's not going to throw a bitch fest and it's going to get leaked publicly. Like, something is about to hit, man. So you hear that, O'Leary? That's what you need to bring. We want we want <laughs> your state of Manchester United to start off the podcast. It'll be a long episode, I guarantee. But we won't have any fixtures on the back end, so we can get just right to the, to the, to the prediction for the weekend. So yeah. you know, we have plenty of time to, to get a Manchester State of the Union address. Um, and then, you know, North London Derby, Manchester Derby. Two huge games, huge, huge games uh, for, for you know, for the big six clubs. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. We're going to probably do it next Wednesday or Thursday. I'm trying to see when O'Leary's available. And, cool. yeah, this should be a good episode, right? I think it's going to be lit. Those should those two ep- uh, games should really get them focal point because I'm looking at the rest of the, the fixtures. Fulham and Newcastle, that might be another good one. Oh, actually, ooh, Crystal Palace and Chelsea. That's another one that is I think is going to be a good uh, I don't know. I keep putting it with – when I put it in the – You don't know. You're looking at it, you fuck. I'm looking at it at the <laughs> spreadsheet, though. I'm not looking at it like you, – You put it in the spreadsheet already? Look at this guy. Look at this guy. He's dedicated. Shout yeah, out to I you. Got, I'm all the way done with up until match day 12. Wow. So wow. I, well, I applaud you. <laughs> Great job. Great job. Uh, I'm pulling it up now. Right. Yeah, let's just look ahead. So, yeah, actually, Arsenal Spurs kicks off the weekend, too, Saturday yeah. at 730. I'm going to have to tell my girlfriend, hey, you're going to have to wake up early that Saturday because I try to keep it down, but there's no way I can keep my voice down for that game. I will be <laughs> on my be a nutty game, 90 bro. minutes, and I will be screaming, <laughs> shouting, calling Harry Kane a cunt out loud. <laughs> police will probably be called on me. Um <clears throat> Burnmouth, Brentford, eh, who cares? 
Yeah. Crystal Palace, Chelsea at Palace. So yeah, that's definitely a, that's definitely a good game. Very good. Okay, game. so that's the, right the, the first names are Fulham, Newcastle at Fulham. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's another good game. Liverpool, Brighton, eh. Southampton, Everton, eh. Uh, West Ham Wolves, two teams that need to fucking pick up points, so that might be a decent game. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Man City, Man United, that's the 9 a.m. game on Sunday. Leeds, Aston Villa, and then a 3 p.m. – oh, a Monday game, a Monday game, Leicester, Nottingham Forest, two teams that need a win as well. So those will definitely no. take, take the take the cake. Um, what, are you, what are your feelings now? Just just straight off the top of the head, what are you feeling right now about those two two, two games coming up? Reality check change, right? Because people might be injured, stuff like that. Yeah, no, no, no. But I, I think for the most part, City's going into it. We're, we're going to be bringing starting that same group. Uh, just casual vibes, no bigger details. Reality check for the Spurs. Reality check for United. You are not at this level. You need time. A million dollars. No United fan can tell me right now if they're going to start their best score scoring ability in Ronaldo. I can tell you right now, a million dollars, knock on wood, so long as the Nordic meat shield be okay with Norway, Erling Holland is starting that fucking game. So I, I, I'm Gucci. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> Odegaard had an injury this weekend, so I'm hoping he doesn't play for Norway. So how serious are Norway going to take Nations League? Are they going to take it serious because they're out of the World Cup? They want to win Nations League? Could be possible. So, but I think either way, even if Holland plays both games, which he probably will, because that team is thin outside of Odegaard and Holland. Um, well, he's captaining them. He's semi-captain, so he's gonna fuck. Odegaard's play. a captain. Yep, he is. So, and that's the other thing. Like, if you're if Odegaard doesn't start, which I mean, or doesn't play, Holland's guaranteed to start regardless. But he's semi-captain, so he's gotta fucking start. So, yeah, I think they'll play, but not. I don't know how intense those games are going to be. I think they'll be fine. So, yeah, yeah. for me, I'm looking at, you know, I'm I'm, I'm picking Man City. Uh, I think United's going to be up for it. They're going to want to prove that, hey, we really are back. And Manchester, you know, Manchester Derby, form goes out the window. So both yeah. teams, both games will be awesome. That's going to be a great, great weekend. I'm glad oh, yeah. they put one on Saturday and one on Sunday as well. Yep. Space yep. it out a little bit. So great call. Yep. And we will break that down more next week. But uh, as you could tell, we're very excited. So we had to talk about it right now. So, yeah, um, this one's in the books. And we will be back next Wednesday or Thursday. And we are looking forward to it. Any last words? I like it. I like it. Enjoy the international break. The next time we're on this pod, FIFA 23. Oh, yeah. When's that dropping this week, right? Oh, my gosh. It's dropped. Well, the 21st on Wednesday will be the drop for the web app companion. If anyone wants to get out there and start looking at rosters, busting out packs for Ultimate Team, you can start to do that on the web app. You just got to make sure that your account is at is in good standing in 22. You don't have any kind of cancellations or you got like, you know, no screaming at kids. No felonies. As long as your account is in good standing, you can start to play the game. And you played in 22. You've had to play a little bit of Ultimate Team in 22, so it's not too late. If you got FIFA 22, jump on Ultimate Team real quick. Get a couple games in. Play the the CPU because no one's really going to be playing it. Get that in your belt and then come over to 23 next week. And you're going or Wednesday, and you can start downloading packs, start playing. I was going to say, doesn't it come out this week? 
No, it comes out the 27th uh-huh. is the pre-order three-day early access with the pre-order. Okay, so next week will be big for us because we're going to be playing that online as well on your Twitch oh, yeah. channel. What's your Twitch channel? Uh, so the Twitch channel is going to be the exact same name of, uh, name of the pod, just uh, no spaces. So it's Premier Pep Talk. Uh, you can yeah. find us on uh, twitch.tv slash Premier Pep Talk. Uh, really stoked to kind of get that going out there. We're going to yeah. have some fun games, stuff already built into the channel. Perfect. So it'll be really dope. So next week's going to be a big week because we're going to be playing FIFA on Twitch. We will put our Twitch channel in the bi- in the bio. Um, so, yeah, we will be playing FIFA all next week. I pre-ordered it, so you get it three days early if you pre-ordered it. Orlando pre-ordered it, so we'll start that content next Tuesday. I thought it was coming out this week for some reason, and I'm leaving town. So we will we will be going live with that content next week yeah. on the Twitch channel. When you send me the episode description, put the Twitch channel in the description at the bottom no so people can follow it. And, yeah, it's going to be an awesome week next week, so we're going to oh, yeah. catch up on sleep and all that good stuff and be ready to be back next week. Big week for us. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Premier Pep Talk. We're out, motherfucker. Aaron, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, baby. The legend. Let's go. The legend. All right. <laughs> Later, man.